You're listening to the Modern People Leader Podcast. Today's episode will be a part of our People Leader Series, where we go behind the scenes with today's top HR leaders and talk to them about how they've gotten to where they're at and what they really do every day. Our guest today is Mahima Chawla, founder and CEO at Cocoon. MPL family, stop what you're doing and take five seconds to go subscribe to the MPL Weekly Digest. Every week, we'll share the top three takeaways from the episode along with the full transcript. Just go to the show notes for this episode and click the link to subscribe. And now, without further ado, enjoy the show. Mahima, welcome to the Modern People Leader. How's, Thank you for uh, having me. How's your, your transform going? It's been amazing. This is my first transform. I was supposed to come last year, but my daughter arrived early. So I'm excited to actually be at Transform this year. It's been amazing to meet a lot of different employers, brokers, partners, the whole HR community. And I feel like this is probably a good follow-up question to, to what you're saying, but and we've been asking everybody this, like what's giving you energy this week? I think what's giving me energy is just how deep and large this space is going around, I think, especially going around the exhibit hall and just seeing all of these companies, so many companies, many companies I know, many companies I'd never heard of, but booths, people talking with excitement, a lot of energy from everyone looking to learn more about what's happening in this world and within this community. What are the different pockets of HR that are really being transformed in different ways? Um, No pun intended, um, has been (laughs) very energizing for me to see. I think as a founder, you're often focused a little bit more narrowly on your company and building it. And this is just like a really nice wider lens into the broader HR community. Can you tell us your your founder story? You, we've we so we've interviewed a lot of speakers. Mm-hmm. We haven't. I I don't think we've interviewed. This is our first founder conversation. So I'm th- this is a a new question or a bonus question. Tell us about your your founder journey, the your, the origin story for Cocoon. Yes, I'll give you the the summarized version. Otherwise, I'll be here for a long time. But the the high level is I was previously at Square and I was working with one of my favorite legal counsels over there. And she happened to mention in passing that her parental leave was an absolute nightmare because she had to take her laptop with her to her C-section to apply for California EDD benefits. And this was an eye-opening experience as to why why would you take your laptop to a surgery, essentially? Why why do you have to apply for benefits? I thought maybe you're getting paid 100% by your company. But that was sort of this very eye-opening opening moment to understand there's actually so much complexity behind the scenes when someone needs to take time off for anything, whether it's a parental leave, a caregiver leave, medical bereavement, there are so many things that need to happen from understanding, well, what are my options for time? What are my options for pay? Who's going to pay pay me? When am I going to get paid? How much am I going to get paid? How do I actually get those benefits? And so that was sort of like the first light bulb moment. And after that, I just talked to so many more people that had gone on leave and talked to companies that had administered leaves and looked at the broader landscape and just realized that this we kept hearing from HR leaders again and again, that leave is an absolute nightmare. It's the worst part of HR. And that that, that was this moment of, well, someone has to build something better. Like people should be able to take time off for these really critical moments in their lives without the stress and be able to just focus on the reason that they're taking leave as opposed to the 50 plus hours it takes to understand your options and get paid and understand your time and get that time. It's such an interesting thing for historically leave has been like a administrative compliance type of segment of HR. And if you think about it, when you go on leave, you're, you've got a lot on your mind, whether it's bereavement leave, parental leave, like all the leave, like something serious is usually happening, Mm -hmm. Mm life-changing. And to have a terrible experience 
on your way into leave. And then you, you, you take leave, you come back, you are still, there's still a lot on your mind. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uncertainty and to have a terrible experience on your way back into the organization, it seems like a terrible process. Like, why do we ever let this become an admin and compliance driven process? Mm -hmm. So love that you guys are bringing just, you know, a better approach, a better way, a more human way. Yeah, thank you. And that, that's exactly why we started Cocoon and, and decided that we want to build leave management software to make it really easy for people to take time off when they need to and companies to manage leave when they need to, because it is such a prevalent need. Most employees take a leave at some point in their career. Every employer faces this problem. So how can we make this a experience that really serves the employee well in those moments and just makes for an overall better experience for someone that is dealing with a lot of very tough things in their personal life. That's right. Yeah. And so you were a speaker. Can you tell us a little bit about the session that you had? What, yeah. what was the focus? Yeah. So we um, focused our roundtables on caring for caregivers um, and unseen community, really um, pushing on this idea that there's been a lot of amazing progress made on caregivers who are parents. So sort of this sort of parental leave progress that's been made, more paid policies around parental leave, um, employers supporting parents in a lot of different ways, like ERG groups and so forth. But there's this pretty invisible community of caregivers that are non-parents, so maybe caring for siblings or elderly parents. And that is a dialogue that I've noticed to start to be a lot more prevalent recently. Were you going to say something? Just this morning, we talked to Donald Knight from Greenhouse, mm. and he was sharing how uh, there were three women at Greenhouse internally that were championing this program that at the time they were calling the nursing. Nur Someone told me this. Yes, yes. yes. And nursery. Nursery. Mm -hmm. And eventually they all came to the realization that there's different types of caregiving. So they changed it to full house. I and, like that. and so, yeah, we heard that this morning. So now hearing you say that. Yeah. And, and this is very, I feel like we're at the tip of the iceberg on these conversations now because people are really starting to realize, especially employers are really starting to realize, okay, we actually have a significant portion of our population. It's about 20% of the population that is caring for someone, an adult in some way, but often people don't self-identify as the caregiver because they might not be the primary caregiver. They may feel like, well, it's not a full-time caregiving responsibility. So am I really? But the reality is people need that flexibility and those options um, so that they can take care of the important people in their life while also managing things that they need to for work. And so we really focused our conversation on pushing pushing ideas forward on how can employers really, one, even identify their caregiver leave population ac accurately, um, which is a huge challenge. And two, what are the things that employers can do to support their caregivers? And so at Cocoon, um, in September of last year, we launched Caregiver Leaves, which is certainly one way to support your employees who need to take time off to, to care for someone. But there are so many things that can exist on top of that um, that make it really easy. And so that, that was a lot of the focus of the conversation. So since you're the first founder that we're talking to here at Transform, I'm just curious, like, I'm, I'm sure you've attended some of the sessions. And if not, I'm sure you've networked with a lot of people and you've heard a lot of new ideas. Is there one new idea that has been the most compelling that you're like, we need to do this at Cocoon. Like, why aren't we already thinking about it this way? Yeah, I love the session on um, sort of this this idea that uh, individuals are twice as likely to stay at a company if they're paired with a really strong mentor. And this idea of, especially if you have younger teams, pairing them with very, very experienced individuals provides for a lot of amazing learning opportunity, a lot of productivity, and ultimately a lot of retention. 
And I am a very strong believer in mentorship. I think I've, I've, this is my first company that I founded and what has supercharged that has been learning from people who have done it many times before me and are so extremely true. experienced. And I think sometimes in the day-to-day -day of building a company, people are maybe just focused on what, what's the short-term, what's the thing I need to do now? Okay, let's make progress. Let's make movement. But there is a very intentional effort about thinking about very strong management, but also really strong mentorship. It might not be your direct people manager, but what are those opportunities for people at your company to up-level themselves by seeing that behavior modeled by somebody else and being able to learn directly from them. I think when you hire amazing teams and amazing talent, you can supercharge everything by matching in the right way internally. And so that very much resonated. And it it did make me think a lot about, okay, how do we, how do we make that happen at Cocoon in a in a way where everyone can really benefit from that. Yeah, this topic, it's such a, you know, part of, I believe part of the magic of the modern people leader is that, well, A, Daniel and I are our cousins. So there's like a familial kind of, mm -hmm. you know, um, tone to our conversation. Um, but another unique thing is that I am 46 and Daniel is 28. Mm -hmm. So there's a big, our, our, we, we represent different, generations in the workforce, mm -hmm. different experiences, not only at work, but just how we were right. Like life in general is so much different. Right. And so for me, networking, mentorship, like it's, it's part of the playbook for what you do in your career. That's mm -hmm. the way that I, I just came up through the ranks and I was so fortunate to have amazing mentors that were like, Steven, come on, <laughs> you need to do less of these things. You need to do more of these things. Here's some things you're not even thinking about. You know, here's some blind spots you have. And I feel like we talk about this a lot. Like today, younger generations, it, especially when you throw COVID into the mix, it's such a hard like networking, mentoring. It, it doesn't seem as easy as it was in the past. And so I think mentorship, they're so powerful. I've gotten so much benefit out of it. And, and it does feel like a challenge because I, you know, I, I'll let you speak for yourself, Daniel. Well, I just keep thinking back to, so the one amazing thing about coming to Transform and getting to speak to so many different people is you start to notice like some of the recurring themes and mentorship has been one of those recurring themes. And in our first interview that we did with Charter, they do a ton of research where they're sending out surveys to HR leaders and figuring out like what's top of mind. They also did a lot of research on mentorship and they, they found that what differentiates the companies that have figured it out versus the companies that haven't, it's all about intentionality, like having, putting some structure around it. Like first off, making sure that you're, you're finding the right mentors within your organization. It's one thing to say, oh, it'd be cool to be a mentor versus like, I really want to be a mentor and I want to learn what it means to be a mentor. Mm -hmm. So putting a structure in place for your mentors to even have an idea of like what they should be bringing to the table, what types of questions they should ask. And then having a way to match those people with mentees. Yeah. And it just all comes back to intentionality. So I was going to say, I think the matchmaking is the key. Like if you just, if you can understand someone's interests and skills that they want to develop, and you can also understand someone on the other side who is very good at those things and match those two people, like great things can happen. I think in general, I'm just a big believer in, in matchmaking and creating those connections that develop organically, but you sort of need that impetus for two people meeting. Absolutely. The power of connections. And so I want to go back to your session. So part of the reason that we're interviewing speakers 
is because there's only, you know, one of me. So I can only go to one session at a time. And yeah, I'm sure, but there are a lot of great sessions. And so we want to help kind of scale the important messages that speakers had at their sessions. So if there was one thing that you wanted the audience to walk away from the session that you participated in, what would that be? What is that one thing? Yeah, I think the the one thing would maybe be that acknowledging that there is a very large portion of your employee base that is playing a caregiver role that you may not know about on the surface and figuring out ways internally to identify who those folks are so that you can, and then also identify what are the things that are going to help? Like, is it having a caregiver leave policy in place that gives someone the optionality? Is it an ERG group? Is it a flexibility in the work schedule? Is it manager training around how to handle situations where you have a caregiver direct report. I think just that acknowledgement that that population exists, we just don't mm -hmm. see it, um, is, is like the very first stepping stone to everything that you can do to build off of there to then create this very supportive environment for caregivers that ultimately ties back to your business as well in terms of the productivity and the ROI and the retention that you can create for your population. And so as you look to the future, switching gears again, what are what's the one key trait that you think a modern people leader has needs to have must have going forward that's a good question i think this one might sound really simple but so much of it is listening because there is just in terms of do you mean a skill set yes. trait i think listening because we can all go in with a lot of our assumptions around what it means to build a successful organization and what it means to take care of our people but every company is very unique in the employee makeup in the problem space that that company might be solving maybe attracts a certain type of individual um in the challenges that like a particular workforce may face in the culture every company's culture is so different so while i believe in playbooks and being able to apply principles across the board and best practices there's this second layer of like really understanding though like within our culture and the type of company that we're building and this type of problem set or this type of employee makeup what are the things that are going to stick because they might look very different to another company so probably that deeper layer of like not just plug and play but like what what are the nuances to this particular situation all right so this is a, a fun question that we've been asking and it's fad or future so if you had to pick one thing that you think is a fad versus one thing that you think is the future, what would they be? Oh, in the people's space, in the people's space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the people's space. Mm. I mean, I'm a little bit biased because I am building a leave, leave management software company, but I will say one of the things that I'm personally very excited for is the acknowledgement that there are so many different reasons why people need to take a leave. Historically, it's been very focused on parental leave and medical leave, which is why you have things like short-term disability and long-term disability insurance as a pay source for a medical leave, or you have states coming out with paid leave law or parental leave laws rather and, and pay programs. But what we've seen in recent years is also states coming out with different laws around caregiver leaves, for example, or organ donor leaves or bereavement leave and, and things like that. And I think what we're going to see in the future is employers actually diversifying their leave policies to think not just about these like tight boxes of like a few reasons why people need to take time off, but a broader set of things. At Cocoon, as an example, we have a compassionate leave policy, which is a larger, it encompasses a larger bucket of reasons for why someone might need to take a leave, which gives people that flexibility. So I think the future is very, very much centered around a theme of flexibility, whether it's flexibility mm -hmm. in your schedule to allow for the things you need in life, flexibility for considering what reasons someone might need to take time away, whatever that may be. A fad, this is a... This is a, I don't have an answer, unfortunately, to the fad question because everything that I'm observing right now, like especially walking around the exhibition hall and kind of seeing like 
the really cool, innovative things that people are building. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can see like all of these having really positive impact on employees and like the future of companies. And so I can't say that there's something that stands out to me as all right, this, this thing is going to die down because it doesn't really have a future right now. Maybe I'm just feeling very optimistic and hopeful for the future of the HR tech world. And that's a fair, that's a fair response because there's been so many amazing things that I've heard here at Transform, so many amazing products that founders are working on. And so, yeah, it's been a very kind of positive, like, Hey, the future, the future's bright. Like we got this guys. <laughs> so I think that's a fair answer. Well, we're at the at the end of the conversation, and we while we haven't followed all of the modern people leader traditions, we we are ending with one of ours, and we call it one word or one phrase close. So a word or phrase that uh, as we reflect on the amazing conversation we just had with you, that you want to wrap things up with. Um, a phrase. So maybe I'll recall one that we used at the caregiver roundtable that we did yesterday. We were talking about how actually ambiguity in sort of like policies or stances on the people side creates a lot of confusion and people may not know what they have access to and what their options are. And it reminded, we were, we were talking about then Brene Brown, if anyone is a Brene Brown. Oh fan. yeah. She has. From Brene Brown. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Um, we didn't have time for it, but it's okay. what's your story okay. and yeah, your okay. journey. So she has this really great quote, which has been very top of mind for me recently, which is clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Mm. Um, and that, that, that I think applies so well to the people world because the more just like explicitness you have and the clarity that you can give your team on whatever it may be related to leave or totally unrelated, um, it just adds a lot of, um, just, it just gives people real access to the things that are available to them. And so that's maybe a phrase that has just been very top of mind for me as I've been thinking about, especially the world that I'm in, which is very much focused on caregivers and leave and these tough moments in people's lives and how employers can really show up to support them. Love that. I'm going to go with a phrase. I'm going to say we got this because I'm feeling a lot of hope and uh, optimism about about the future. Mm -hmm. So it's tough, but we got this. I'm going to say structured flexibility. It feels like everybody's circling around this same idea of flexibility, mm -hmm. whether it's with your leave policy or it's with how people want to choose to show up and work every day. I mean, you know, what benefits you want to opt into. Everybody's talking about flexibility and choice. And I feel like now it's a matter of figuring out how do we figure out how to have flexibility at scale. Mm -hmm. Like how do we put some structure around it? Yeah, I, that that resonates a lot because that is so much of what the experience of just showing up for your employees and especially these tough moments is. It's not always leave as the solution. It often is like that flexibility in your schedule to do what you need to do um, to be able to manage your life and your work and have it all kind of work very fluidly together. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank it's you a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we still haven't quite figured out how to say goodbye. So we're all going to look at the camera and do a quick smile. All right, bye. And that's going to be a screenshot. Thanks for, for tuning in to another episode of The Modern People Leader. We, we really, really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating. It would mean the world to us. And connect with us on LinkedIn. We want to we wanna know what you think about the show. And uh, yeah, you can, you can find links to both of our profiles in the show notes. So thanks again for listening and, and see you on the next episode.